Hi and welcome to the Kiteboarding Coach Podcast. I'm Tom and I'm a kiteboarding coach. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about wave kite surfing. It's something that um, I love. I absolutely love kite surfing in the waves. I, a quick, quick bit about my history with uh, wave kite surfing. So I spent the first 10 years of my kite surfing right back to the beginning just obsessed with jumping and I still love jumping, boosting, twin tips but I soon hit a limit and I started taking bigger and bigger risks, hurt myself and uh, always loved waves but um, but yeah never really got into the surfboard and then uh, went to Cape Town and just really got into wave kite surfing in a big way, really enjoyed it, um, got the rush of riding big waves, but then got the satisfaction of, of kind of learning how to get to sharper turns and how to be stylish and just really, it just felt good and uh, more spiritual, kind of more connected with nature rather than kind of showing off. And I don't know, maybe I just did so many jumps. I mean, I spent so many years throwing myself at waves to get as much height as possible and that was in the days well before woo and, and I love it I still still love it still love teaching it I love coaching it but riding waves I really enjoy so the I'm gonna chop it up a little bit and mix the podcast around with some learner tips but also some wave kite surfing tips and also some uh, freestyle tips just a bit of everything but I have to admit that uh, kite surfing in the waves is really close to my heart now one area that I don't think is covered enough in uh, the uh, YouTube and uh, just in general is kite surfing in the waves safety so I've written some notes so I've got a little bit of structure to it but I'm gonna freestyle I want to keep it as short as possible and as valuable as possible to anyone who's um, looking or thinking they've seen the amazing Mitu Montero the GKA like watching those guys um, smashing the uh, strapless freestyle and ripping waves up it's the most popular uh, event uh, I think in kite surfing now I know the Red Bull King of the Air is still amazing the biggest event but the GKA series is uh, I think more popular than freestyle right now because it just looks amazing um, strapless um, throwing yourself um, doing massive jumps with no straps it, it's it's insane how good those guys are and I think it appeals to the surfers and it appeals to kite surfers and it's cool it, it's, it's you can't deny that it's really cool however I want to show that show you that kite surfing in the waves is actually really easy um, you don't have to learn how to do fancy foot switches you don't have to get um, even you can you can kite surf in the waves and have loads of fun with a twin tip you do, don't even need to have a wave board and you just need to know some basics and some safety so today I'm going to be talking about the wind and what to check for and the spot and your equipment before you go wave kite surfing. Um, please bear with me, it's still some of my first podcasts. Uh, I'll try not to waffle for too long, but uh, you can probably uh, understand that I'm passionate about it. Uh, if I forget anything, then my apologies. Uh, just before I start, a couple of things I just wanted to say is that the the videos and the podcasts and the books, nothing compares to real life coaching where you get instant feedback and from a kite surfing professional. Um, book some lessons, 
get come on a coaching trip, uh, it really does make a di big difference. You do have a lot more fun from your kite surfing, and uh, you can really uh, progress a bit faster. But mainly, it's enjoyable to to uh, have uh, some progression. Uh, please note that my techniques expressed in all my um, videos and podcasts are just my opinions. It's not the only way to do it, uh, but whatever you do, just practice safe, responsible kite surfing. And lastly, uh, get some free coaching. Send me a video of you riding to tom at thekiteboardingcoach.com and I'll slow it down, make a video, talk about it, and do my best to help. Uh, visit the website, get a free ebook, check out Kiteboarding, the Kiteboarding podcast, which is this. Uh, if you can follow uh, or, and subscribe, then you'll see, you'll get to know um, how I roll. And uh, you'll also find out about the latest kite, uh, kiteboarding coaching trips. Um, the next trip is Portugal 2018. Um, it's good for freestyle and for waves. And the reason I've chosen Portugal is because it's uncrowded and it looks amazing. Um, I am very much looking forward to going there. I've done a lot of research. Um, I'm going to drive the coast um, with the small groups and just get out there, find some amazing spots that are listed. And I think there's quite a lot of uh, potential for downwinders and also for... Um, for uncrowded spots that haven't really been exploited yet and it has wind every day thermal wind what more can you ask for as well as it's beautiful still very good value so yeah really looking forward to the Portugal trip trip check out the um, uh, website and you can find the full de details of that um, check out the YouTube channel uh, there's videos accompanying this I've, what I've done is I've gone through all my old footage uh, of my clients and uh, and just trying to make some short videos about what's going on and about what I just don't think people are covering that I uh, end up explaining a lot in my coaching sessions so uh, yeah you can uh, get the lowdown on how I think it's easiest for you to have some fun in the waves okay let's move on oh also check on check in the uh, the comments uh, the description of this podcast and in my videos there's always some useful links uh, to uh, things that I think will help. Okay, so wind for wave kite surfing. So to successfully like to have a really good session in wave kite surfing, um, you just need to be extra aware of everything. So as normal, you turn up to the beach, you'll check the wind, you'll check your spot, you'll check your equipment. But with wave kite surfing, kite surfing in the waves. You just need to be extra careful and uh, and really take a little bit extra time to have a think about everything. Um, on normal, so when you get to the beach, let's start right from the beginning. Um, do your normal checks. Check the um, the wind strength, the wind direction. Get a forecast. Check the wind's not dropping. Check um, that the wind is not changing direction or Hurricane Jeffrey isn't coming. Um, that's obviously the most important part of your checks is the wind um, you want to also make sure that you have a chat to the locals um, any local will do even if there's no kite surf as well if there is no kite surfers there ask yourself that question why is there no one kite surfing here is it a safe spot to kite surf and um, what's the hidden dangers why um, so anyway yeah we'll get on to that let's talk about the wind uh, I digress um, so the the wind strength is really important in wave kiting. Um, 
if you don't have enough wind then and you've got big waves around that's not good and if you've got too much wind you need to stay at wind I'm going to get into that into a little bit more detail but also it's like cross offshore wind is great for kite surfing uh, wave kite surfing in particular just because of the angle that you can ride the wave it's beautiful but cross offshore winds does come with quite a bit of uh, challenges like if you crash your kite um, you're going to need to self-rescue because you're not coming back to the shore you're being blown out to sea and that's obviously not cool um, you even if you can self-rescue really well it's not guaranteed that you can go across the wind enough to get back to the land to get back to safety so cross offshore wind even though it's some of the best wind it really is um, can be tricky and you would need to have some options like you need to be you need to know what you're doing and you would also want to go with friends and also you'd want to know that there was a, a possibility of a rescue if it if you really did need it which is why it's not a good idea to practice um, if you're learning wave kite surfing you really want cross onshore wind which is always the best because you're always if something goes wrong you're always going to get blown back to the shore and you have to have the mindset of thinking right something is going to go wrong because I'm learning and therefore it, you're not going to be perfect so yeah just think worst case scenario onshore wind is an interesting one uh, lots of people think oh yeah it's onshore I should be safe um, but actually onshore can whip up some big shore break which is never fun to get through where I um, grew up kite surfing in Hythe and Kent on the windy days we have serious um, shore break it was a mission to get through and the shore break was full of stones as well and about as big as your head I mean it was it was really as high as your head head high um, it was really a challenge to get through, um, but we did because we had no other choice. So uh, we weren't going to drive to Canberra, which was an hour away, and it's our home beach. So uh, you just kind of deal with it. But yeah, if the if for an onshore wind, the uh, it, it's not ideal. A couple of reasons why. First of all, getting out is much more difficult. Every time you start, you're pulled downwind, so which is straight towards the beach to to the land. Um, and then also to get through waves, you've got to go upwind. And even if you can go upwind, you're not going straight over the wave. You're kind of gradually going over the wave. And if the waves are quite big, then they're just going to munch you. So even though on the only time we ever go out in onshore wind is, is bang onshore wind, is when you've got an area of shallow water so you can kind of walk out a bit further and it's a bit safer. But yeah, that's kind of rare. So cross onshore winds... Uh, or cross shore winds are definitely the best for kite surfing in the waves. Okay, number two, check your spot. So again, usual check when you turn up, um, just be extra aware of all the dangers such as rocks, boats, reefs, currents, riptides, fishing nets, jellyfish, sharks, tidal effects, uh, which can reveal dangers under the surface at low tide, um, or create stronger currents, or cut the beach off from the land at high tide, there's loads to think about. You really need to just take 10 minutes while you're checking the wind, chilling out, don't be that guy. I used to be the guy who got really excited, turned up at the beach, goes like, yeah, I've got new equipment, and then 
um, could get myself into a bit of trouble because I didn't do that. Um, luckily, I'm a little bit more mature now. And of course, being an instructor, um, I'm responsible for groups of people. I need to make sure we all slow down and just take some extra time to check it all out. So be aware of the dangers. That's where it's really useful to talk to people who already kite surf there or fishermen or anyone, walkers, just have a chat because there might be something that isn't clear. Like there might be jellyfish, dangerous jellyfish there. There could be riptides there. There might be fishing nets underneath. In Peru, where I was on one of my last coaching trips, we had fishing nets in the water. And that's super dangerous. Um, If something went wrong and you fall in netting, that's not a good scenario at all. So you need to know these things um, and then you need to be aware of it and then change your location as to... Uh, to minimise the chances of getting uh, into trouble. Um, Also, you really need to check what's downwind of you, like a long way downwind of you. If the worst happens, and the worst that could happen in kite surfing in the waves is that you drop your kite in the waves and you can't relaunch your kite. And if that actually happens, and it's not the end of the world, I'm going to go through, I've got a whole other podcast about that, about what to do, and blogs and some videos that I'm going to do. So make sure you subscribe to to find those, um, to see those. But um, yeah, if you look downwind, then you're going to end up, it could be at least easily a couple of kilometres that you're going to travel if it's windy and there's a current um, while you sort yourself out and get back to the beach. Now, if two kilometres downwind, there's fishing nets, boats, a harbour, then yeah, that could be an issue. So therefore, you need to move upwind change locations so you've got lots of (laughs) wiggle room whatever you want to call it Um, so you've got time you're buying yourself time to sort yourself out Um, what else so yeah check for wind shadows and other dangerous wind wind effects that could cause danger so in Peru we had some cliffs and cross offshore wind so if you came too close to the cliffs then the your kite would just drop out of the sky and then you're in trouble because it's very very difficult to launch Um, So wind, you need to um, have a good look at. Um, Also, (laughs) and I'm sure this kind of goes without saying, but you'd be surprised how many people forget this. You need to check the waves. Um, Is the shore dump too big to go out? Like if if it's ridiculous shore dump, more than head high, you you just can't go out. It's just too too dangerous. Um, Are the waves too big for your skills? Waves look a lot smaller from the land than they do when you're up close to them. So you might look out to see where the waves are possibly breaking and go, yeah, they look fine. Then when you get there, you realise they're monsters and uh, and yeah, you, you can get into real trouble. So are your skills good enough? Are you confident in doing a chicken jibe, which I've got a whole podcast about, which is the turn and run away from the big waves? Do you know what to do if the worst goes, if the worst happens? Um, Are you confident? Um, If in doubt, don't go out. It's better, lovely saying I learned on my instructor course back in 2008 from Andy Gratwick, the head of the BKSA training. If you are, thank you Andy, it's always stayed in my head. It's better to be on the beach wishing you were out to sea than out to sea wishing you were back on the beach. Great saying and great one to remember. I must have said it a thousand times and and thought it as well. Um, 
Okay, so is there enough wind? Yeah, that's uh, something I touched on a second ago, a minute ago, is there, if you're out in big waves and you turn around and you realise, okay, that's too big, I want to go back, and all of a sudden when you turn around, you've got no power, and then there's a wave charging at you, that's serious, or even worse, if the the wind is stopping or um, uh, your kite starts falling out of the sky, it's not really a good situation to be in. So you want to make sure there is not just um, enough enough wind. Um, you also need to know, uh, is there too much wind? Uh, do you have the right equipment? Do you have a big enough kite? Do you have a small enough kite? Um, if you can't stay upwind and you've got obstacles downwind of you, that again can be a problem. So yeah, make sure that you do a really good sight assessment and a wind assessment and you're going to minimise your chances of, uh, of something going wrong and also what to do if everything goes wrong uh, and I've got some uh, some insights and some tips on that uh, coming up uh, that I've uh, written out as well so watch out for that one that's coming up in the future, in the near future, in the next few days. Um, also equipment check so that's the third point as well. So before you go out, you need to pay extra attention to your equipment. You're relying on your equipment 100% to not let you down. It's the last thing you want, as I said, is equipment failure while you're in the waves. You might have done everything. You, you've checked the site, you've checked the wind, everything's good. And then just as you're turning and running for a big wave, your safety release pops off because you didn't check it. And then that's it. You're down in the waves and game over. You've then got to swim back, you're going to get washed by the waves. It's not a nice experience um, at the best of times, but it can all be avoided with a check. So what can you do to, um, to minimise the chances of your equipment failure? First thing to do is to avoid riding with old gear. Um, you don't have to go out and buy the latest gear, but kind of anything five years old is getting a bit old unless it's never been used. Um, is still going to, is there's a chance that lines might snap, that kites may go down, something may rip, kites get brittle over the time if you've left them in the sun, if you buy a used kite you do, just don't know how, how many times they've been crashed, how uh, someone's looked after them, so yeah the newer the better, it really, you want to have confidence, it's like the, if you're going to go out and do crazy extreme stuff you need to know that you've got uh, good equipment but the same if you're going out to practice in serious conditions then you you want to know that you're you've done everything possible to make sure that your kite is or your equipment isn't going to fail um, other things you need you really want to have a line cutter um, change it every year as they get blunt from the salt water and make sure it's easy to get to and it won't fall out uh, in my humble opinion, the Mystic ones are the best. They're about 15 quid. Dekine do a similar one as well. $15, something like 10, 10 or $15. Um, and they come in a case which you can attach to your harness and you can put it where you want on your harness. It's a bit like a revolver, like a gun. You can quick fire, get it out quickly. Um, it's always good to put it on your predominant side. So if you're right-handed, put it on your right hand. Now, it's not common getting caught in your lines. Um, kiting for God knows how many years and I've never had to cut my lines. Uh, when did I have my first lesson? 1999 
and I was flying kites since 1997, stacking kites, and it's never happened to me. However, that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It does happen, and plenty of people I know have had to use their line cutters. I just want to say it's not common, so don't uh, panic about it. But in the waves, where there's a chance of you're going to get rolled over by waves, you could um, increase your chances of getting uh, a body part, a finger, a hand wrapped in a line. So it's definitely worth keeping, um, well, it's essential to have your your kite line cutter. Um, so check that out. Um, check all your safety systems before every session. Um, check your main safety. Just uh, check it works, put it back together again. Check it works, put it back together again. Easy. Um, make sure there's no sand in it, give it a clean, and you know that if you need it, it's going to work. And also, you know you've put it back together properly, it's not on the edge and it's not going to pop off if you breathe on it. So uh, so that's really important too. Um, just the same is your final safety release. So once you've released your main safety, you've got your final safety, you really want to make sure that this releases when you want it. If you're underwater and you're being pulled for whatever reason, you need to get rid of everything. You don't want to discover that your leash is jammed. So check that final release. Now, um, another really big tip is to make sure that that release is actually attached to the front or to the side of your harness. You do not want to put it where so many people I see still put it to the back of your harness where the handle is. If you're being pulled underwater or your kite could be in a death loop or doing something horrible because it's all twisted and you're being pulled, it's very difficult, in fact maybe impossible, to release that safety while you're being pulled backwards. So if you're, you attach your safety final safety release to the front of your harness or to the side, and you can find somewhere to hook it to, and again, put it on your predominant side. If you're left-handed, put it to your left, then you know that we're exactly where it is and you can get to it whenever you want. Um, so check your harness is secure and will not pop open while riding. I'm, uh, I have ridden Dekine, I've had Dekine for years. I love Dekine, um, I had a go on a Pro Limit and, and a Mystic and they have that pop-in uh, pop out uh, system and it popped out uncontrollably and after that I was really put off by that whole system so I didn't uh, I stuck with uh, Dekine but even Dekine still occasionally pop off if you don't get that little plastic clip to pop on then at worst you're on a wave you do a turn and then your harness pops off and you have to ride back unhooked which is cool it's possible if you're used to riding unhooked but if you're not used to riding unhooked then all of a sudden you've got all this power, you don't know what to do, you don't know to ride downwind, that's what you do by the way, you hold on and ride slightly downwind, but it's a surprise, you might let go of the bar and then you're down in the waves with your kite in the water, so all of that can be avoided, just check when you put your harness on that you've got it secured properly. Um, check the foot straps on your board, tighten screws and check all fins are secure. Losing a fin in the water um, means that getting up wind's not so easy and losing a foot strap at a critical moment, yeah, can be really dangerous. So make sure you check your, tighten your foot straps. 
Check all your lines, uh, knots for wear, basic stuff. Check your kite bridles, pigtails for wear. Check your kite's not losing air. Check there's no little rips that could get bigger. And check there's no bulges or anything on your kite. Um, so you know that the, you're happy to go out to do battle in the waves. Um, another tip is to carry a basic first aid kit with you and carry a water phone, such as an old Nokia, and put a local SIM card in it and uh, put it in a waterproof bag tucked into the front of your wetsuit. Um, it really can be a lifesaver, um, but also it can just be useful. If you end up going downwind, you can call your mum up and ask her for a lift back. Um, or if someone's drifting out to sea, or if you're drifting out to sea, you can get out of your phone, of your wetsuit, and calmly say, help, I'm in the sea, <laughs> drifting away, I really need some help. Um, it's not happened to me. I have used my water phone. I always have a water phone with me. I've used it several times to call the Coast Guard to help other people. And also, uh, one time for uh, the wind went offshore, and Dan, uh, if you're listening, I called the Coast Guard for Dan. Funny story, it was a difficult to pronounce name, I'll never forget it, it was, in, it was called Hakat. And uh, yeah, the, uh, he didn't need the rescue in the end, uh, he knew his uh, self-rescue, and uh, Dan is an all-round legend. But um, yeah, I spent a good 10 minutes tr shouting Hakat, Hakat, Hakat. And, uh, and yeah, until eventually the Coast Guard went, ah, you mean Hokat? I said, yes, Hokat. Can you send a boat? I've got someone, the wind has turned offshore and I've got someone in the water who, uh, who might need a rescue. Anyway, um, yeah, so, um, so having a water phone on you is a really good idea and it costs, what's a waterproof bag? Uh, $6 now and uh, what's a, a, a phone and a SIM card? $10, $20? So very uh, cheap bit of kit that can save your life. Um, what else? Is there anything else I've forgotten? No, that's it. I mean, it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? There, there's loads of, uh, of equipment, loads of stuff to remember, but that's it when it comes to the waves. You just want to be safe than sorry. Uh, something else I want to have a quick talk about is to board leash or not to board leash. So when you're kite surfing in the waves, I think it's sensible to go out in small waves and at spots that are easy so you don't have to have a board leash. Um, if uh, The only time that most riders use a board leash is when they're kiting at a tricky spot um, where losing your board can mean you get washed up on rocks um, or blown out to sea because you couldn't get back upwind. This is for advanced wave kite surfing and not advisable to begin with. Board leashes are dangerous. There's no two questions about it. We don't teach learners with board leashes. Um, board leashes get tangled around us. Board leashes can, can pull the board towards us. And with a surfboard, um, it's, uh, it's not cool to, uh, to get hit in the head with a surfboard. The, you know, the worst case scenario is getting concussion out to sea or cutting yourself on a fin awful to think about so to really minimize that um, we really need to not have a board leash um, especially when you're learning as well the, probably the worst thing that can happen that I've seen happen several times is that the board could go through your lines and uh, and then uh, create your kite to go out of control and sounds awful it is awful um, uh, most you'll see a really sensible riders have a board leash with a quick release on it but yeah the, the only way to to get away with wearing a, a board leash 
is to be good enough so you're not in the you're not uh, regularly crashing your kite in the waves where things can really go wrong but inevitably it can happen so i wouldn't recommend a board leash just go to a spot that's got open beaches very little obstacles and is super super safe um what else is there that i need to go through um okay what skills ah that just reminds me uh, another tip is your surfboard is big and you don't have to go out on a surfboard, remember that. But if you do go out on your surfboard and it's your a first time, you can use any board um, and it's not as difficult as you think. Just want to get that in there. Um, uh, kite surfing boards are definitely better. They go upwind better. They're, they're just designed for uh, kiting. But the bigger boards catch the wind. And if you go out in strong winds, um, then the board if you don't weigh it down, can fly up in the air and hit you or hit someone or rip your kite. And even when you go out and you pick up your board and you're holding your kite and you put your board in front of you, you could lose grip because a gust of wind comes and it can hit you. So just be really careful. Just be mindful. Keep your board downwind of you. Weight it down. Um, uh, kites, the directional boards are definitely much more like a kite. Okay, so what skills do you need to have before you go out in the waves and kite surf. Um, you need to be uh, an independent kite surfer, so you need to know how to launch and land and self-rescue and self-land, and you need to be able to stay upwind, and you just need that, that confidence. So that goes without saying. Um, you, As I said before, you don't need to have a wave board to have fun, um, but you do need to ride without crashing your kite during normal riding. If you go out and every time you crash your kite in the waves, it's not gonna be much fun, uh, even in small waves. So you really wanna be at the stage where you're not crashing unless you're trying new things. Um, you also need to be able to turn and run. Some call this the chicken jibe, which basically means that you need to be able to change direction quickly and confidently, no matter what board you are riding. When a wave board is coming towards you, when it, sorry, when a wave is coming towards you, if you can't turn around confidently and quickly, you're going to get hit by the wave, potentially knocking you over or making you crash your kite. So, I've got a whole other podcast just about the chicken jive, um, but basically, it's just changing direction confidently and quickly. On a twin tip, it's just a basic transition. On a directional board. You don't have to um, do a uh, switch of your feet, a jibe, some call it. You just have to do a heel to toe side transition to get away. But if you're not confident on that, and as you turn, maybe you lose power, your lines go slack, then you're just going to drop, possibly drop your kite in the water. And also, you're going to drop in the water and then the waves are going to munch you and then you're in that washing machine and that's not so much fun. Um, small waves, it's not a problem. Big waves, yeah, it, it can be a problem. Um, note, yeah, I've said that. You, don't, you do not need to switch feet before you go and have fun in the waves. Good point, if I do say so myself. Um, yes, yeah, so in flat water... Um, then you can practice all of this uh, before you go to the waves. Um, you don't have to go straight out to the waves. Um, it should go without saying, but also self-rescue, as I said before. It really does help to know your self-rescue, and it can make the difference between a bit of bad luck and a total kite mare. So 
light wind day, practice your self-rescue. If uh, all else fails, practice your self-rescue. Just so you know, it's, it's rather than going, oh my God, I need to, cut, I need to do self-rescue. I can't remember how to do it. Even do it in a park. Like Just practice, watch a uh, YouTube video. There's so many out there now. Um, just so rather, if you've got to do a self-rescue, it's like, a, oh cool, I get to practice a self-rescue. Okay, strapped or strapless. This is a big debate in, uh, and quite a fierce debate. There's lots of real diehard strapless. You've got to be strapless. Like strapped is terrible. Blah blah blah. Um, th- there's pluses and minuses for being strapped or strapless. Um, it depends on your location. Uh, if you're pl- playing in tiny waves, then and everything is easy, then start learning strapless. Um, it's fun when you fall off and you will fall off a lot. Um, it's not an issue other than a slightly annoying experience of having to body drag to back to the beach or to your board and then having to get back up wind again. But if the if it's not an easy spot, um, then yeah, straps do make life easier. Personally, I started with straps, the jibing and getting over waves, uh, and I'd been kite surfing a long time. I just wanted to ride waves and you know, I still do now. I, being totally honest, my tack is terrible, um, which is like an advanced um, um, directional change because I just haven't been interested in doing it. All I want to do is find beautiful waves, ride them and uh, and uh, smack them if they're the smackable type. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you don't have to. It's great. Uh, hey, I'm looking forward to nailing my uh, tacks. And, uh, and there's some beautiful uh, duck tacks and some other ways to change direction. But personally, yeah, I, I started with straps because I just wanted to get on the waves. I wanted to learn how to ride a wave and just enjoy riding waves. I suppose as a, a, a wannabe surfer, um, I can just about stand up on a wave surfing, but I can never really... Uh, I never grew up with waves. Uh, they were we just didn't have them, so uh, that's why I, I wanted to surf. But um, but yeah, kite surfing came along, and it, it was like okay, wow, now I can really surf. So anyway, so I got on with straps, and I just found it easy to learn the wave kiting. Um, strapless freestyle is where you're doing jumps and things. You don't have to do that. It is awesome, but you don't have to do it. Um, having straps just means everything feels more familiar when you're learning. It usually means that the that there's less time crashing and more time on the waves. Um, and if you're at a, a location where it's choppy, then yeah, you can you can just some people I know have spent their whole session getting their board back because they keep falling off every time they get on a wave. So you can, it's a bit of a hack actually the straps. And also the other thing is like Robbie Nash, very famous um, windsurfer and kite surfer from Nash. Um, he uh, swears by straps, and I have to admit I love using my straps because I can do all sorts of freestyle and do massive jumps, and then still use the surfboard on the wave and enjoy the turns. That's why surfboards are nicer because the turns are really much more enjoyable. But anyway, yeah. So whatever's good for you, just know that straps are a bit easier. Um, I wouldn't recommend that you ride with one strap as some people do because it's um, easier to twist an ankle, um, two straps or no straps, I think is the best way. Um, Okay, a couple of things you need to know or you should know before going out in the waves. Again, a lot of this I'm going to cover in more detail in future episodes, uh, podcasts and videos 
but just a, a quick introduction to the concepts. Um, at many spots, the waves are generally bigger further out than they are at the beach. So you don't need to go out in the big waves. You can simply stay close to the beach and play with the smaller waves while you are learning. The only time when this doesn't work is a spot with a big beach break. But most of the spots that I know that I've kited at, the, the bigger waves are kind of further out. And so many people kind of rush to get out there that they get into trouble. And it's quite a basic principle is um, don't, if in doubt, don't go out. Meaning if in doubt, if that waves, the waves are too big, stay with the small waves. In fact, I was super inspired when I saw a guy who was um, riding in one foot, two foot waves and he was destroying the waves, he it, throwing up grenades of white spray. And it just changed my opinion on riding in small waves. Like, wow, if you can do that, then you don't need the big waves. And actually, I've ridden big waves. I've been on my fair share of four, five, maybe six meter waves in my mind. Um, but And it's actually really scary. It's amazing. But if something goes wrong, it's serious. Like, I, I've had that um, hold down and having the air knocked out of me. And, and those big waves are, are cool. But if you get cocky, like I did then you soon realise, ah, and the smaller waves, there's very little risk. So you can really let it all hang out and go crazy. So don't rush off to the big waves. You just don't have to do it. Um, what else have I... Uh, oh yeah, when going through the waves, you need to make some decisions. So you're going out and you need to decide if you're going to run away if the wave is too big, or if you're going to go over the wave, or if you're going to ride the wave. So make sure that you're clear. So as you put yourself in this mindset, you're going out, waves are coming in, there's a small wave coming, you look at it and you think, okay, that's a small wave, I'm going to go over that, no problems. And then a bigger wave comes, you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, am I going to make it before it breaks? Is it, gonna, um, um, is it uh, the best time to go over the wave? is when it hasn't broken and uh, and there's no chance of it breaking for some time and the second best time to go over it is when it's uh, whitewash and uh, when it has broken it's definitely definitely better just to turn around there's no shame in doing a chicken jive in fact it uses less energy and why risk it um you don't want to if you risk going over big waves then it's just gonna it can you can just get into trouble and also don't try to jump over waves. There's this big concept of people thinking you've got to jump. You haven't got to jump. Uh, the pros can jump, but they're pros. They do it for a living. You know, they don't have normal jobs. The rest of us do. So, uh, so therefore, if you get your timing wrong, not only are you travelling faster, you're going to hit the wave. Um, it's going to knock you off, and you're going to spin around, possibly crash your kite. So you don't have to jump. In fact, the really big tip is to go slow when you're going through the wave. So you've seen the wave coming towards you, you're making the decision. Generally, if it's head high or above, it's a turn around and run. Don't even bother, don't risk it. You can get over it, but hey, turn around, do a chicken jibe, nice and controlled, let it wash itself out, and then turn back and go over it. And then now, as you go over the wave, as the wave comes towards you, if think about this, if you're going um, at a certain speed, and you're just going at a normal speed, the wave is traveling towards you also at a much at a fast speed. So when you hit the wave, it's like a double impact. You're just going to go flying. So 
you don't want to do that. And in fact, if I had a pound every time I saw someone hit the wave too hard and go flying, I'd be a rich man. It really is such a big thing in wave kiting. Go slow, bring the kite up slowly to 12. I'm going into this in far too much detail. Um, this is a, a whole other series. But yeah, so bring the kite up to 11 and lift your front foot up and let the wave go un underneath you rather than you go over the wave. That's uh, that's probably the best tip you will ever get is slow it right down. Um, the other tip, um, again, a whole other podcast, I hate to keep saying that, but it really is, is keep the kite in the sky at all times. If you lose your board, focus on keeping your kite in the sky. Um, it is priority number one. Um, you've got power. All the time you've got a, board, a kite in the sky, you, you've got options, you can do stuff. Um, if you lose your board, generally um, boards in the waves, they go straight back to the beach. It's like it's in the post. <laughs> the kite, the board is going straight back. Um, when a wave is going to, a big wave is going to hit you and you cannot escape, fly your kite towards the wave to pull you through the wave. Uh, this is not a new concept, but you'll notice the pros doing it, and it's such a good tip. And I'm going to make a video about this. I've got loads of footage of it saving people by flying your kite into the wave. It's because your immediate reaction, if a wave is going to hit you and it's big, is you're thinking, ah, I've got to run away. But actually, that's the worst thing you can do, because if you fly your kite away from the wave, the wave can roll you over, and then you lose, dis you get disorientated, pull a bar crash the kite and then you're in that no-no situation of being uh, in the waves with a kite down not a good situation to be with not the end of the world but not a good situation to be in especially in big waves so yeah that's uh, that's a, a really great tip to learn um, you can just fly through the wave it's not as bad as it sounds and uh, it's actually quite good fun so uh, yeah the uh, I'll go into that into much more detail in the future so yeah, keep your kite um, in the sky. That's one thing you need to know. That really is the number one thing. If you do crash your kite into the waves, try to immediately relaunch it. If you can't and a wave does hit you, you've got two choices. So if the wave is down in the water and a wave is coming, then prepare to be pulled underwater. Uh, um, it's better to make yourself small rather than fight it. Um, but yeah, you're gonna get pulled under the water. Even if you release everything, um, which is not advisable, um, if it's massive waves, you can release your safety and uh, and you will take out most of the pull. But smaller waves, you can get away with it. But anyway, I'll go into that into more detail. Um, if you release your main safety, then you're going to be swimming back. Um, you won't be able to put it back while you're out in the waves. Um, and if you do, then you just need to swim back attached to your um, final leash line. Um, but if you do get pulled further, then release everything. Don't hesitate. If you're, you feel your life is in danger or if you're uncomfortable, then you can release everything and just swim back. Um, the last tip um, that will help is that if you're riding a directional board out to the waves, make sure you're going out on your preferred stance. For instance, if the wind is coming from your left and you're going to your right, um, then if you are on your, if you're a, God, it's a big, Ben, if you're listening, I know you're listening, Ben, 
this was Ben's classic. He was having troubles with his turn, his chicken jibe, and kept crashing every time. And it was because he was going out on his um, heel, heel side, which wasn't his most strong side. So it's a bit like writing with your left hand. So every time Ben turned, it just wasn't as natural. And therefore, he lost tension in his lines, kite went down. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, he was in getting washed by the cold water of Cape Town. So, uh, and the one little tip I gave him, which, uh, which gave me some good credibility, was uh, just to go out on his toe side. So then he's going out on his stronger side. So when he needed to do a turn, it was just so much more natural. And then he turns back and uh, made it back into the, uh, to the beach without crashing his kite. So little things like that can make a big difference. Okay, that's me waffled on for far too long. Um, I will try and edit it so it's uh, a bit less waffly. Uh, but there, I'll go into detail with a lot of those concepts. Um, what can you take away from this to, to round it all up? I would say make sure you just do an extra um, spot uh, check, an extra wind check. Um, make sure you just you know where everything is. Be extra aware you're in the waves. And uh, check all of your equipment, double, triple check it all. And then just think about those concepts. The main one is keep your kite in the sky um, and go slow through the waves. Um, and don't be scared to turn around. Make sure that you've got, um, before you go out in the waves, that you can actually um, ride and turn around um, so you don't get yourself into any trouble. If in doubt, don't go out. Um, that's simple, but... All of that, I hope it didn't sound like uh, it, it's horrible. Um, things like if you kite surf in a place where there's no reefs, it's so much fun, so enjoyable. Downwinders, I love, um, and riding waves, and it's just amazing. It really is amazing. Of course, I'm an instructor, so uh, so I'm, I'm looking at everything from the worst case scenario. And uh, if you're in easy conditions, it's just so much fun, so enjoyable. And I know lots of people who have kind of got bored of their um, freestyle. And, and if they hadn't have discovered the waves, they possibly would have given up kite surfing. Several people I know have said that. So waves really are good fun. And uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Um, yeah, get in contact, send me any videos and uh, follow, like, subscribe. And I uh, hope I can be of more value in the future.